Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast, where we coach you in the Word. Tonight, we're bringing you session two of the message entitled Christ in You. We want to remind you that you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, <coughs> excuse me, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. So, with that, I want to also remind you of our book, I Surrender, on Am- in, at, through Amazon or at your local bookstore. Um, let's begin with a word of prayer, and then we will get into the Word of God for this evening. Father, I thank you that Jesus is Lord. I ask you now to open our eyes that we could see, and our ears that we could hear, and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us. Then let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Then, Jesus, may you speak with us. May you show us what we need to know, understand, do, and demonstrate through the Holy Spirit. And we'll receive it and reveal it to your people. And we, from there, will be corrected, we'll be blessed, we'll be led and guided and shown things that are to come that will minister to us in our walk as you enlighten us through your word. I thank you for it all and ask it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Our text today came from Ephesians, hi Charles, from Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 22, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Now this morning we talk to you concerning the distinctions that would be brought to bear as uh, Christ is in us. Now, I made this comment, and I'll lead with it tonight, out of all the methods of spirituality that actually result in a world of religion. The Christian faith is the only faith that clearly identifies that we become the habitation of the God in whom we serve. He does, in fact, abide in us. Jesus said the Father and the Son both would abide in us. John 14, 23 and 24, listen to what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said unto them, If a man love me, he will keep my words. Now that's going to come back to be very important as we move through tonight's message. Love. If a man love me, He will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now this follows in John 14, 6, where Jesus identifies this with him and the Father being in one another, and him then generating works so that if you couldn't wrap your mind around Jesus, the Father being in Jesus, and Jesus being in the Father, then you could wrap your mind around what you're seeing him do. He turns around then in John 14 and says, 23, and says, If you love me, you'll keep my words, and my Father will love you. And we, the two of us, 
will come and make our abode with you. Because he that loveth me not keepeth not my words, my sayings. And the word which ye hear, now listen to this, is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. If you love me, you will keep my words. These words will remain at the forefront of your thinking. They will come into your mind. Mom showed me a scripture today from Hebrews 6 where our, our soul will be anchored by the work that Jesus has done. We'll teach more on that later. This is so important, my friend, for you and me to understand. If we remain in his word, he then remains at the center of our attention. Your mind will have something to focus upon, and it will not just run off towards things that satisfy you. Then you'll not run off into things that gratify you, but things that are not, not becoming of you as you have lived to serve Christ. Now, there's a lot of things that we do in the Christian walk that's just not becoming. There's a lot of attitudes that we have that's just not becoming. There's a lot of exclusion that we have. It's not becoming of Christ. There's a lot of things that we do that absolutely are unbecoming from our thoughts, our attitudes, and our actions that if we would consider what the Word of God says, we absolutely could not go that way and talk about being born again. But because we do not have the understanding that the Father and the Son are residing in us, that they have made a habitation in the Spirit in us, we run off into attitudes, call ourselves Christian, dress like Christian, look like Christian, show up at church on Sunday and have an attitude. Oh, it's a sad thing. We have an attitude against people we don't like. Where does this happen, Pastor? Does it happen out in the job world? Yeah, but it happens in the church. Yeah. We have people we don't like. I was in a church one time where there was a faction of the church that absolutely did not like another faction of the church. So they did everything they could do to destroy that faction they didn't like up until they eventually split and went out and made their own church and they sh shuttered the doors and made it to be us four and no more until they died off and died off and died off and moved off and, and the next thing you know, there was no more church. Those attitudes are unbecoming of Christ, my friend. Those ways of looking at people with disdain are unbecoming of Christ. And if you would consider who is in you, you would find it utterly impossible to act in that character. But because you are unaware that the Father and the Son live in you, you are unaware of them dwelling in you, you run off and chase the attitudes and the thoughts of the flesh. 
He said, if you love me, you'll keep my words. This is most important. Your mind must have something to focus on. And it will not run off. Loving him then means being aware. Now watch this now. Of his words and of the word. You have to be aware that the word is living in you. His name is Jesus Christ. He is in you eternal, creator, personal, life, light, illumination, salvation, glory, grace, and truth. He's in you in all of those. The Father who was in the Son is in you as well. These reside in you. And then from them come words. The Bible has been written, and that is the word of God. But out of you comes words. How do we know that? Because they came out of Jesus Christ. They did not come out of him from his intellect. They came out of him from his inner support. If there is no awareness of the word and the words, then could there be any love for Jesus actually abiding in you? If you don't love to hear from him, if you don't love his word, if you're not willing to follow his word, if you're not willing to think on these things about his word, if you're not willing to allow your mind to be led by the words, then can you legitimately say you love him? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my words. So what are the words and sayings of Jesus Christ? Let's take a look at just a couple. Starting with John 6.63. It is the spirit that makes alive. Think about that. The flesh, your intellect, your attitude, your feelings, they don't profit you anything. Your ability to garner an attitude and dislike or garner another attitude and like do not profit anything. The words he said that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, why are they so? Let's find out why these words of Jesus Christ have such power that they're able to lighten and illuminate into a life and bring that life into the spirit of man. How could that happen? Well, we'll find that in John 8. Looking at verse 28 and 29. Then Jesus said unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am He. And, now this is the big end. This is the big end. Because we know that Jesus Christ was lifted up, died on the cross. There He shed blood for you and I to be able to be forgiven from transgression iniquity, lost peace, and to have our spirit man healed. Why? So that our spirit man could be quickened into a new life. That is the healing of the spirit man. Now watch. He said, and, or after I'm lifted up, you will know 
that I do nothing of myself. I don't do a thing. In other words, when I said to you, it's the spirit that quickeneth and the uh, flesh profiteth nothing, the words that I speak unto you are spirit and life, I didn't get that out of myself. I didn't make it up in my own intellect that I did not come from heaven with that ingrained in me. No, no, no. I do nothing of myself. I, but as my father has taught me, I speak these things. Where did he teach him? Jesus told us. I am in the father and the father is in me. So he is teaching him. Now watch this. And he that sent me is with me. What's he saying? He is not in heaven sitting on the throne room of God. He is orchestrating out of the life of the word exactly the designed divine plan of God for Jesus Christ to interact with his world. He said, he that sent me is with me. You must understand it. He that saved you is in you. He that sent the Savior to save you is also in you. They are a habitation in you by the Spirit. Now watch what he said. Look at this now. The Father hath not left me alone. Jesus walked this earth with the inner understanding and support of his Father. He said, I'm not alone. He's with me everywhere I go. Every step I take, he's with me. He and I are doing this. I am doing it because he is teaching me what to do. Isn't that precisely what Jesus said he would do when he talked about the Holy Ghost and what the Holy Ghost that he was going to send would do for you when he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He did the same thing. There's not a bit of difference between how the Father and the Son navigated the earth and the divine, divine, grand plan of God for you to navigate this earth. You've just never considered it. You've never thought about it. Why? Because your flesh runs away. Your soul, your mind, will, and emotions takes over. You live by the human side and not by the divine side. Not because you couldn't, but because you don't desire to. You're going to see in just a minute that you are rejecting the love of God. You're going to see it. And we're doing it on more counts than just this. We are rejecting the love of God on so many points. I'll show it to you in a minute. I will not, I was not left alone for I do always those things that please him. What's he saying? The center of my attention, the center of my world, the focus of my living is to please him. 
Now, Jesus knows that shortly he's on his way to the cross. He also knew that that path pleased the Father. He said, I speak what I hear because the Father had left me alone. Think of that. But yet you speak all kinds of good and bad out of the same fountain, never understanding you're not alone either. It will allow us, my friend, if we will come into the Word of God and the words of Jesus, it will allow us to wrap our mind around the fact that Jesus is the interdirector and the Father is speaking out of us. Our inner support system in the Spirit. No wonder Jesus said, be of good cheer. No wonder he said that we could live in this world and not be of this world. Huh? No wonder he made that comment. From his inner direction, Jesus Christ had the Holy Spirit. He had the Father operating in him and then the Holy Spirit to take a hold of what the inner directives that were spoken in him and then to work to manifest them in his world. Now, if you consider that, you'll have to consider this. If Christ is in you and the Holy Spirit is upon you, then what is the legitimate difference between what God designed and wired you to be in the Father, in the Son, through the Holy Ghost than what Jesus was? Then we would have to say, we are living well below our grand design. We're living well below what we were wired to be by the image of us. We're living well below it. Why? Because we don't know it. Because we're not willing to look into it. Sometimes we're too afraid to even consider following the divine plan through the Holy Spirit. You know what we do? We reject love. The love of God gave you this opportunity because he knew that you would need it. And my friend, if there is ever a day when you need this divine force of the presence of the habitation of the Spirit of God, of Jesus and the Father living in you, it's today. You're going to come into a time here before long when there's going to be an absolute critical moment for the Christian, for the believer, going to be some critical times that lay ahead. But if you walk in the Spirit, the Bible declares, I will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on me. Why? Because his mind is kept by the Word and the words of Jesus Christ. He navigates his world through Christ in you, and the Holy Ghost manifesting the words of Christ through you. The big stuff, this, this is big stuff, friend. When we realize that the Father worked through the Son and the Holy Spirit materialized the desires of the Father as the Son obediently spoke what it was the Father said, that brings us into a brand new dimension in Christianity. Because in us resides the same. No one said we were a God. I never said that. There have been those that have. 
But God has a habitation in me. And if he has a habitation out of me, and I will be sensible enough, in tune enough with the Spirit, to listen to his revelation, then out of me is going to come what is formed in me. And what is formed in me will be the things that he is teaching me. Whenever I speak them, the Holy Ghost will go into as fast a motion for the word that is formed in me that he did for Jesus Christ. Why? Because it ain't me speaking. It's him speaking. And the Holy Ghost identifies with that voice and that direction. This is why so much foolishness that has gone on in the name of Jesus Christ has come to absolute naught, nothing, because the Holy Ghost isn't working with it. Why? Because it did not form in your spirit. It did not come out of your inner man. It was not the Father and the Son's teaching formed in you that brought that word out of you that the Holy Ghost knew, that's it, and begin to reveal through the Spirit the manifestations of what was spoken. My friend, that is in you. If you are saved, illuminated with light living in you, the Christ, the Father, and the Son, that is in you. It is for you, and it is prepared to be materialized. Now watch. They were coming into this consistency of the accomplished work of the Spirit. Now what was the accomplished work? Watch it. The Holy Spirit distributed life. He, he distributed life. Out of the Father came life. This was what was coming out of inner directions. Now watch. When life is formed in you, you will be healed. When life is formed in you, you will be able to minister to others. When life is formed in you, you will look upon those that are poor, broken, bruised, blind, and in bondage and speak a word to them out of the life that is formed in you. Now what will be formed in them? Life. These are coming out of your inner directions. But they will only come out of you if you are acknowledging, living, walking in the full counsel of God. What is that counsel? It begins with the habitation of God in the Spirit. Now watch this. The inner man manifesting and materialized, then being materialized in the natural world by the Holy Ghost has formed life. Life into a heart that is broken. Life into a lung that's full of cancer. Life into a liver that has ceased to work. Life into a back, a nerve, that is all of a sudden going haywire and causing pain. Life into an eye. Life into an ear. Life into a throat. Life into a brain. Life, my friend. 
Where is it formed? It is formed in you by the Father and the Son. As they form it, they teach you about it. You then by faith pull it out. Speak it. And the Holy Ghost identifies the formation that has come from the inner support system of the Father and the Son. Now then, you can do nothing of yourself. But when He forms it in you, and you manifest it, the Holy Ghost says, that's it. That's it. I'll take it from here. And He makes every mountain a plain. Glory to God. What a great God. Life can come, must come from the habitation of the Father and the Son. Life will not come because you thunk it up. Life will not come because you decided to try a new way. Life will not come because you sat down and did like the thinker, the Greek thinker, until you came up like Ford with a better idea. No, no. Life will only come when the rubber meets the road, when the crisis happens, life will only come when it comes out of interaction with your spirit man where the Father and the Son have taught you something and given you something to say. Could this same spirit be produced from you and me? Absolutely. Jesus said in John 14, 21, if you keep my commandments, you love me, I will, my Father will love you and I will love you and I will manifest myself to you. Now look at John 5, 19 and 20. I'm about to get closed for the night. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Now I'm about to get to something that I want you to take close note of. The inner relationship between the Father and the Son, between the Father, the Son, and me, and you, is the force for outer manifestation. What is manifested come from what is formed in my inner vision by the Father and the Son. Jesus said, it's by the Father, and he says, I simply bring out of my inner man and recreate it, speak it, and the Holy Ghost takes it and recreates exactly what the Father formed. This is no secret, my friend. For anyone who's looking to find truth concerning how Jesus was wired, which must cause us to conclude that we being in the image of us and growing into the image of his dear son, we must possess the same wiring. Now watch verse 20. For the Father loveth the Son, John 5, 20, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. What is the cornerstone of the work of Jesus? Simple. Love. It's pure love. It's holy love. Now if love designated himself to Jesus in a way that he could see, hear, speak, and recreate, then you and I already have our answers to how to do it. Why is that? 
Because, my friend, we speak this verse ad nauseum. We, this is the most memorized verse in the world, but we don't believe it. For God so loved the world. He sent his son to die for us. He loved us that much. Because God loved us and sent the one whom he loved to die. Why? So that we could have in us recreated the ability to have both the Father and the Son building a habitation in us by the Spirit. Now, if He loves you to the extent that you say He does, then you must identify with Him through the fact that the Father and the Son are living in you and the Holy Spirit is upon you, sitting on ready to enact precisely what they form in you, what you draw out by faith in what's formed. It's all done by love. But you evidently don't think God loves you. You evidently don't believe God loves you. Now you believe he loved you enough to save you. Give you a home in heaven of which you cannot see. But you do not believe that if God loved the Father, loved the Son enough to speak to him what to do, what to say, and when to do it. And to teach him so that Jesus would say, I don't do anything by myself. If he loved him that much and he sent whom he loved to die, then can you deny that he loves you equally as much? Well, the Bible says that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we are priests. He is the high priest, but we're priests. The Bible says we are citizens, not members, but citizens. The Bible says we are children of God. But you don't believe that because you don't live as if Christ and the Father are living in you. Otherwise, you deny that he loves you enough to use you. You reject his love. You reject it. You just turn from it and you say, no, that can't be. That's only supposed to be for, for high spiritual people. That's only for those that are called into that office. Fooey. It's for you and me who have been born again, who have Christ and the Father living in us and the Holy Spirit sitting upon us. Now you're going to have to go out of the new birth mentality into a spirit mentality and you're going to have to go into the baptism of the Holy Ghost but you're going to have to stop rejecting the love of God. You can go into every one of those, but you're going to have to stop rejecting the love of God. You're going to have to stop rejecting any love past the fact that he's going to save you. You reject the fact that he loves you enough to give you more power than you can ask, think, or express. If he loves you, he loves you completely. If he abides, resides, and dwells in you, then my friend, he's not keeping anything hidden from you. But you can and you do hide from him. You hide from him with doctrines. 
that stash him away. You hide from him with attitudes that keep you from developing in him. You hide from him in places where you think he will not see. You hide from him with hushed words because you think he will not hear. But you never understand. How can one that lives in you not know you? The writer of the book of Hebrews said, you are naked and open to him with whom you have to do. Why? Because he lives in you. He is living in you. His love wants to show you all things. And you want to stay in the dark and be ignorant. You don't have to, my friend. Is Christ in you? Is the Father living in you? Are you in denial about how much He loves you? Because if you are, let me be the first one to clue you in. What He did for the Son, He will do for you. Jesus Christ and the Father have a building in you. It is the habitation that is accomplished in the Spirit with the direct idea that He would form Himself, His words, His doings, His teachings in you and that you would manifest them to the world. Don't you want to do that? If you want to, you're going to have to lay down that secret side. You're going to have to come out of that. And you're going to have to begin to live day by day with the consciousness of the habitation of the Father and the Son in you. Every day, all day. And there are going to be times when you're going to have to bring your body under subjection because your flesh is going to rear up. But out of the habitation in you, the presence and the power of God, when you draw near to that in you, it will give you the power to resist the devil. And guess what? He'll flee. You can do it. You're wired that way, my friend. You are no different than Jesus Christ in that regard. Father, I thank you for the word of God. I pray that you'll open our eyes that we may see. I pray that you'll move upon our lives that we may come into the knowledge that you have a house. It's called me. And your spirit is operating and showing me what I need to do, what I need to say, and teaching me, forming in me the very blessings of things that eyes have never seen but are waiting to be revealed right out of our inner self so the Holy Ghost can take those formings and create the absolute meeting of every need. My God supplying my every need according to His riches and glory. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I appreciate you. 
uh, I see Charles and Susan and others that I know are listening. May God bless you all richly until next Sunday morning. Now next Sunday morning I'm preaching on fighting against God. You don't want to miss that. May God richly bless you in Facebook as I say goodnight to you. Those of you on podcast, remember, Jesus Christ is Lord. If you find him there, you can bring the plunder of this earth and lay it before him. He'll take care of them because they'll bow to him. But if you find him as the man in the Godhead, he will speak to you out of your inner man and form in you the things that can manifest into your world until they are things that show you things to come. May God bless you is my prayer until we speak again.